Welcome to the 7208 Podcast. I'm Chris Levine, and with me, as always, is Harrison Levine. How are you, Harrison? Okay. Good. Hey, as stated in the cliff notes for this podcast, Harrison is otherwise known as the Cat Gomez, and I am otherwise not really known as anything else besides Chris Levine. You may wonder, why is this show called the 7208 Podcast? What we do is we talk about pop culture from a dual generational perspective. See, I was born in 1972. My kid Harrison was born in 2008. Hence, we are the 7208 Podcast. In fact, our official tagline for this podcast is, quote, multi-generational pop culture, dot, 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 blended to perfection, end quote. So let's do this. All right, Harrison, what's on tap for today? What will we be talking about? Oceans. Very good. Now, Harrison, as usual, will be working the soundboard. Uh, By any chance, you have a boat sound for today's podcast? Nice. (laughs) All right. In addition to the ocean in pop culture, the Cat Gomez is going to be teaching us a little bit about the literal ocean along the way with some fun facts. So why not start there? So, Harrison, uh, what is our first ocean fun fact? Half the United States is underwater. And the bo- the borders don't just stop where the land ends. They expand 200 nautical miles away from shore. Nice work. So even though the land ends, the United States just keeps going. All right. Well, there's many oceanic reference points and footnotes in pop culture. From the classic Put Yourself in the Adventure Reading Journey of Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson to the last name of the man who sang the creepiest titled love song of all time, Mr. Get Out of My Dreams and Into My Car himself, Billy Ocean. But let's start with the Ocean's movie series. Now, I like these movies. Harrison, you like these movies? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, good. Good. Now... The first one came out in 1960. By just some strange chance, did you see that one? No. No. Okay. Well, with its cast of the Rat Pack, which is the Frank Sinatra's and Sammy Davis Mm -hmm. Jr.'s and stuff, you so want this movie to be good. The music is perfect by Nelson Riddle, but for my money, it just seems like it just moves way too slow. If you want to watch it for the capsule of Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis and Dean Martin, that's great. But don't expect to be thrilled with this movie. It actually kind of feels like a bunch of buddies were asked to make a movie, and they said, yeah, I guess, why not? And that's how it feels. (laughs) Now, a cool thing is that George Clayton Johnson wrote this movie, or wrote the story, and he actually was one of the ones that wrote some of the best episodes of The Twilight Zone, too. So he's a good writer, and there's a lot of potential depth there. But what's funny is he's one of those celebrities that did really well for themselves, but if you saw them in person, you would totally think they were homeless. (laughs) So we're not going to tackle the the 1961 since you haven't seen it. But let's talk about the remake and its sequels. Since, number one, I like them more and you like them. And number two, again, those are the ones that you've seen. So let's start with Ocean's Eleven, the, the, the remake. What did you think about this movie? I liked it. I liked how well it was thought out. Like, there are a few things that happened that I didn't expect to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, it looked like it was going one way, but then it turned in a completely different direction. Yeah, they did a good job. I agree. And you know what? They got the camera work right. They got the music absolutely right. 
they were going for cool and mission accomplished. This looks and sounds very cool. So we'd say thumbs up for Ocean's Eleven. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ocean's Twelve. Now, I'll start with this one. I liked it, but not as much as Eleven. You know, I will say I liked it more the second time when I saw it, many years later than I did the first time, but it just, it, it was it was okay, but it wasn't as good as the first one. That's my opinion. What do you think? I liked it. I feel like it could have been more, you know, like it had more, like, to do during it. Mm -hmm. Like, they all just have one goal. Mm-hmm. Because, like, in 11 and 13, they have, like, a bunch of things they have to do to fix this and that. Right. They just had one thing to really, really do. Yeah, it wasn't as interesting because of yeah. that. I agree with that totally. All right, hey, let's jump to 13. Now, for my money, I like this one the best. Now, ironically, I happened to see this one before I saw the other ones. You have to understand, I don't watch a lot of movies. But this is one of those movies that, for whatever reason, I can watch more than once. Uh, I think the fact that the heist was for Ruben made me root for it more because Ruben, with his suits and his glasses and his whole persona, they couldn't let that weasel get away with double-crossing the Ruben. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, is there a part that you liked in this movie? A part that I liked in this movie? Probably how, probably how they went... Well, I'm just going to name one. I'm just going to name like three scenes, but it's all tied together in one. Mm -hmm. Like where they went undercover and they went in and they told the boss, who I forgot who it was, like they told the boss, Al Pacino, yeah. that the that the hotel casino could, um, it, if there was an earth, that there could possibly be an earthquake underneath it and it would kill a bunch of people, but obviously that wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. And they had this drill that went underneath it and it made the place shake mm -hmm. and it made it seem like there was an earthquake and they had an evacuation plan and everything that gave them the perfect time to do everything mm -hmm. like the power went out for the under like the security power went out so that was really well, well put together who was the guy that played basher the one that was working the drill you remember that uh don cheeto Right, right. Or right. I, I might no, pronounce you're right. his name No, wrong. you got it. You got it. Pretty I'm good. saying I might pronounce his name wrong. I, I just forgot. You, you called it. Good job. I, I like when they liberated the factory in Mexico, too. That was pretty <laughs> That was pretty awesome. All right. Now, Ocean's 8. Did you like this movie? No. Okay. I, I'll save mine, but I'll ask you first. Why not? I just didn't like it. You just didn't like it. Just didn't do anything for you at all. No, I didn't like how it was planned out. I didn't like how it went. The characters, nothing. Got it. You know, this is hard because I don't want to sound like a male chauvinist pig. I really wanted to love this movie, just like I wanted to love the original. Uh, and it had its moments, but one watch was, was enough for me. It was just kind of an okay movie. Plus, they made reference to Danny Ocean dying in this movie, which effectively kills the franchise, which kind of bummed me out. I will say this, though. It was cool in the end when the team hired the elderly women from the local theater troops to testify. They actually pulled some really veteran actresses from screen and Broadway to play those roles, like Dana Ivey and Elizabeth Ashley. I thought that was a cool move. So let's go ahead and, 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 and do our, our uh, synopsis on these movies really quickly. So what is your favorite of all the Ocean movies? For me, it's... 13. Yeah, for me it's 13 too. Again, 
it's one of those rare occasions where I like the remake more than the original. Uh, that doesn't ever usually ever happen with me. And I always it, usually like the remake. Do you? Well, okay, okay, that's well, cool. unless it's from cartoon to like, unless it's like from cartoon to like realistic. To realistic, like I usually don't like those. Got it. Like Scooby Doo with actual people in it, as opposed to cartoon people in it. Yeah, I never saw that movie. Yeah, but I, I, and Scooby I know like I like, it. like when they had the cartoon Harlem Globetrotters, as opposed to, you know, whoever the people were. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I'm I'm right there with you, dude. Okay, so, um, I, I would I, the fact that this was a third sequel on top of it, uh, I, that just shows that it's a pretty good movie for me anyway. Okay, your least favorite of all of the movies that you've seen. Eight. Eight. Okay, very good, and it just does nothing for you. Got nope. it. I would call it a tie. I call it a tie because eight moved a lot more quickly than the very original one did in the 60s, and so it kept me kind of interested, but not enough. So the other ones were so good that uh, that's that's last place for me. So it's probably a tie between the original and eight. Um, favorite overall character? If I had to pick a favorite character in all of it, it'd be Linus. Linus, who played Linus? Matt Damon. Cool, what'd you like about that guy? In the first movie, when they were getting all of them together to get to like rob the casino, like it's how well he was able to steal things. Mm-hmm. Like he took like he took a um, passport out of Danny Ocean's hand with, without him even seeing it, <laughs> and his wow. fingers were down. He was pushing down on it, and he flipped it up, and he didn't even notice. Wow, awesome, awesome. He's kind of cool too because he's kind of like he's experienced, but he's inexperienced. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a pretty well-rounded character. My favorite character, it goes without saying, dude, Ruben. And that's because I think that I'm slowly turning into Ruben. Who's your least favorite character? Everybody in Ocean's 8. Just don't like the 8. I hate the 8. I got it. I got it. For me, I would say Julia Roberts as Tess. I, we totally sound like the He-Man Women Haters Club. <laughs> and it's not that. You know, she's a good actress, but when I think Julia Roberts, I don't think Las Vegas, you know, or like ocean movie coolness. I think I think I think that that part could have been better casted with someone else. Anyway, so so we're talking about the concept of oceans in general, but let's just kind of branch off on these heist movies and and uh, Las Vegas movies just for a second. Uh, there's a movie in 1956 that came out that was called Meet Me in Las Vegas, which is similar in theme. And then, of course, there's the one starring Elvis Presley in 1964. You know what that one's called? I'm just going to say because I've heard the song Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Do you still remember that by heart? Yeah. For real? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You were like five years old, and you knew that whole song by heart. That, that was, I, I'm positive I have a video somewhere, but don't worry, I won't put it on here. You're, you're never going to find that again. I, <laughs> you probably found it before me. No, after you mentioning, after you're mentioning this, I'm going through the You're going to find box. it. You're going to find it. I'm going to, I'm going to burn it. Ah, uh, no, you're not. So the next thing that we were going to talk about, kind of the last one along these kind of Las Vegas heist type deals is the movie, The Sting. Now, The Sting originally came out in 1973. Wait, um, really quick, before you continue, you're not talking about the one from the police, are you? No. <laughs> that's the guy that, the bass player that sings? No. That's that's a pretty good, good call, though, dude. 
All right, so the Sting, the Sting came out in 1973, and it and it had the original Brad Pitt in it, which was Robert Redford. Anyway, ultimately, a kind of a fun fact about that movie, which was kind of a heist movie too, was that your grandfather actually worked on the uh, Sting movie franchise as a prop maker at Universal Studios. Did you know that? I know he was a prop maker, but I didn't know for that movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's head back to the water. How about another another ocean fun fact? What have you got there? Over 75% of the Earth's surface is covered by water, and 94% of all life in the world is aquatic. 94% of all life on the planet is aquatic. It lives under the water. Isn't that kind of creepy? You're telling me. I like it. Okay, so majorly, majorly huge ocean movie, Jaws. What did you think of Jaws? What did you think of this movie? That should have been rated R. Really? <laughs> How come? Well, graphic images, violence, yeah. the language. Yeah, you weren't you weren't into it. I I like yeah I like the movie though. You liked the movie, but you thought it was just a little too intense. Do you think you saw it too young? I think when you watch, I think when you watch this movie when you're three years old, yeah, you're too young. You didn't watch this movie when you were three years old. You were watching something else when you were three years old. Not we would not have sat you down and like given you like Cheerios in a baggie and said, "Let's watch Jaws, Harrison." That wouldn't have happened. Well, I saw Jurassic Park when I was three. That right? that's quite possible. That's quite possible. But we wouldn't have we wouldn't have like had like the shark death movie for you when you were three years old. Mm, we have okay. we have a little more sense than that. Well, the thing that's kind of funny about Jaws is that it has something in common with a really, really awful, but cool, movie from 1957 that was called The Monster That Challenged the World. <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. What's that, Godzilla? Listen, this movie in 1957 was about an army of giant mollusks that emerge from the ocean and, and eat people. How creepy Sheesh. is that? Now... What this has in common with Jaws is that the camera shows us the action from the sea creature's point of view. So, like, when you're watching Jaws, it was like a shark cam. You know, like when you'd see, like, what the shark would be seeing when it was swimming through the water. That was originally done in 1957 in the Mollusk movie, The Monster That Challenged the World. So, kind of a fun fact there. Uh, how about this? You watch the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, right? Yeah. Do you enjoy them? It's not a watch-before-going-to-sleep movie, but yeah, I, I enjoy them. I gotcha. Okay. Now, I've honestly, I've never seen one. I've never seen one of those movies before. But I'm assuming that pirate ships and the ocean are involved. Uh, no, you're wrong. Really? Yeah. No, no. They, <laughs> they are in there. Okay. So do you have a favorite, a favorite one of these movies? Probably be the second one, okay. which is um, Dead Man's Chest. Yeah, what did you like about that one? Why does why did that one jump out at you? It was creepy. It was creepy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did it did it move fast or was it like a lot of excitement or? It's like the opposite of what you said. It's like the opposite of the original o Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven, 11 movie. Yeah. It had a lot of action. It was moving real fast and mm -hmm. all that. I could, okay, that makes sense. So here's a related hot tip. Let's say you're in Disneyland. Mm -hmm. and you want to ride the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at night, back-to-back -back with no line, 
you've got to try this. Go during the fireworks show. See, everybody's out there watching the fireworks. You will own the pirate ride at night. It even feels even cooler than it does during the day. Yeah, I've done like this a couple creepier. of times, and it's worth it. Okay, so do you have a favorite character in these pirate movies? I don't really know anybody by heart, so probably Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow? Mm-hmm. And he's a pirate? Um, no, he's a gas station attendant. I haven't seen the movie, so <laughs> is he a pirate? Mm-hmm. Okay, got is he the Johnny Depp guy? Yeah. Okay, got it. Very good, very good. Okay, good. Here's something kind of creepy. I always say Caribbean. You know, we have relatives in the Caribbean, and I always say the Caribbean, the Caribbean. But when I think of this... Or like the Disneyland ride, I always say, for some reason, Caribbean. I say Caribbean all the rest of the time, but I say Caribbean for the for the for the movies and for the Disneyland ride, and I have no idea why. Figure that one out. I just always call it the P O T and C. Well, that'll work. <laughs> all right. So, another ocean fun fact. Let's see. <laughs> What do you got? <laughs> do I have to read yeah, this? Yeah, you, you have to read this one. <laughs> a group of jellyfish is called Smack. <laughs> it's called a Smack. It's the Smackdown. Okay, I think my, my arm is turning right. Oh, that's all right. Hey, how can we talk about the ocean without tackling the star-studded masterpiece of the late 70s and 80s, The Love Boat? <laughs> Now, The Love Boat, in addition to being brilliant, brilliant television junk food, was also a paradox for the ages. How? Well, here we go. Listen to this. It was released in France, just like it was released in the United States. Mm -hmm. But in France, they didn't use laugh tracks at all. There was no laugh tracks in France. So no pre-programmed laughs were put in after the slightly funny scenes. (laughs) Do you know what a laugh track is? Yeah, kind of like it's kind of like just a bunch of people fake laughing. Yeah, so like if you like you've done that on here, right? Like mm-hmm. try it on here. Let's see if there's one on here. Oh, let me check. There you go. That's a good laugh track. <laughs> exactly. So imagine like you had like like forty of those going at the same time, and then like when Gopher said something, and you did that, people would think that it was funny. Mm-hmm. All right. So in France, because they had no laugh tracks. It was completely open to interpretation as to whether it actually was a comedy. <laughs> because people didn't know whether it was funny or not. And this made it a completely different viewing experience. But here's the sick part. Are you sitting down, Gomez? The French name for the show was La Croissère-Sem Muse. La Croissère-Sem Muse. La Croissère-Sem Muse. That literally means the cruise has fun. Now, you would expect the crews have fun to be a comedy, right? But again, Probably. it wasn't labeled a comedy in France. But then in America, it was called The Love Boat, which sounds way more serious. And here, it was supposed to be a comedy with the laugh track, which, mind you, by then, most shows stop using. How confusing does this make the world? 
Think about like, it. Like mind-blowing. Yeah. During this time, exact same time in history, the Iran-Iraq war began. John Lennon was shot outside the Dakota in New York. Mount St. Helens in Washington erupted after being dormant for 123 years. And now on top of all of this, I have to decipher the correct genre of the Love Boat 2? Seriously, Love Boat. You need to stop adding to the world confusion and toying with us like this. You're killing us. Hey, Harrison. What? What's a group of jellyfish called again? <laughs> really good. <laughs> All right. Look, even with all of this soul-burning internal questioning after all was said and done, the love boat was pretty amazing. Have you ever sat through the love boat? You've made me. Did you enjoy it? Do I have to answer Yeah, that? go ahead. This is be, be honest. Okay. Did you enjoy it? Okay. Did you did you like Isaac the bartender when he points when Isaac he points at you? <laughs> How can you hate Isaac? All right. Can well, I the, not hate Isaac. The thing is, is that the love boat guests that at one time or another took a seat at Isaac's bar were mind blowing. I mean. How could this not be life reevaluating television with guests like Gene Rayburn from The Match Game or, or Andy Warhol or the Pointer Sisters? So here's a question, and I want you to think this one out. Do you think that it was harder to shoot the shark scenes in Jaws on the open water, or it was harder to shoot the Maury Amsterdam scenes on the open water for the love boat? <laughs> Shark, shark scenes because that's something that would actually make sense. Oh, stop it. Hey, do you remember what show Maury Amsterdam was on? D the Dick Van Dyke show. You're awesome. Hats off to you, Gomez. And hats off to Maury Amsterdam. Okay. Remember Gilligan's Island? Yeah. Okay. We're, you made me watch that too. And you enjoyed it. And you knew that song by heart too. No, yes, you did. Sit no, right back and you'll hear a tale. You can finish it if I if, if I forced you to, but I'm not going to. All right, think about this. See, there you go. Think about this. The actors and actresses that played Gilligan, Mr. Howell, Mrs. Howell, Ginger, the Skipper, and Marianne all appeared at one time or another on the love boat. Now I'm going to need you to help me with this. Why, after being stuck on an island because of a shipwreck, would any of these people take another boat ride? <laughs> Maybe they don't have a choice. Maybe there's someplace they have to go. Uh, I guess so. All right. Well, it's time. It is time for our ocean playlist. Now, our ocean playlist is literally going to be drowning in atmosphere. And yes, the pun was totally intended. So, Harrison, would you please read for us the first song on the ocean playlist edge of the ocean by ivy edge of the ocean by ivy number two between something and nothing by the ocean blue between something and nothing by the ocean blue there's an echo in here did you know that no nope. all right and number three how deep is the ocean by frank sinatra and i think you picked that for two reasons because in the title it says ocean, and because Frank Sinatra was in the 1960s one, right? Yeah, you're awesome, Harrison. That's exactly right. I'll read off the next two. Um, by the Sea is a beautiful song by the band Suede. 
Um, if you Spotify this, you may find the song under the London suede. They had to do the same thing as the beat becoming the English beat and Wham becoming Wham UK. Apparently, this town wasn't big enough for two suedes, two beats, or two whams. So that's worth looking up. And then finally, number five is Ocean by the Velvet Underground. Now listen, this is a really dreamy playlist. It, this is one where you lay down in bed, turn out the lights, put on the headphones, just relax and enjoy it. You, you're, you will like this playlist. So there you have it. Oh. <laughs> well, time flies when you're partying. Did you have fun? Dive dancing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's awesome about doing this with your 12-year-old? Sometimes they're in the mood for this and sometimes they're not. <laughs> and today is one of those days when he's just not. But that's okay because we're bonding, aren't we? Dive dance that. <laughs> and you know the best part is that we, we learned what a group of jellyfish was called. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to the 7208 podcast. Be safe. Keep your eyes open. And for the love of all that is holy, learn something. <laughs>